the Timepieces History Podcast, where each bite-sized show shares the story of a place, person or object from the past. Here's your host, Gudrun Lorette. Hello and welcome to the Timepieces History Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 10, which means we're almost at the end of the season already. Remember, you can find show notes and a transcript of today's show on my website and leave me a comment. Alternatively, rate or review the show on your podcast platform of choice or tweet me at Gudrun On the south side of the river, perched on a hill overlooking the motorway, Pensho Monument, or to give it its proper title, the Earl of Durham's Monument, has loomed over me since I was a small child driving past it on the way to or from visiting my nana, always seeming completely out of reach. And yet, I'm ashamed to say I only visited it for the first time a few years ago when my husband decided it was finally time I went up there. Following the winding, widely spaced steps to the top, the view is undeniably breathtaking, with the city of Durham to the south and villages spread below you. On clear days, apparently, you can see right across to the Cheviots, 50 miles away. The monument stands on Penshaw Hill, and the word is derived from pen, the Celtic word for hill, and shore, from the Anglo-Saxon, and I'm going to get this wrong because it's not a word I've ever heard, Skiaga, wooded area, and hill is just the old English for hill, making it rather disappointingly wooded hill hill. It was designed by John and Benjamin Green to look like an Athenian temple, the Theseum, and built by Thomas Pratt in 1844. Made from local sandstone and featuring 18 Doric columns, Penshaw Monument is 22 metres, 66 feet high, 16 metres, 52 feet wide, and 30 metres or 98 feet long. It was built in memory of Radical Jack, or John Lampton, the first Earl of Durham and Governor-General of Canada, who died in 1840. Heavily involved in the 1832 Reform Act to give the vote to a wider population, closer to whom he also established a support group for retired pitmen, the Lampton Collieries Association. Now, it would be remiss of me not to mention the legend of the Lampton Worm. It's pronounced warm rather than worm. Now, most children brought up in Tyneweir will be able to sing at least some of the song about the Lampton Worm, which describes in detail the fearsome beast and the brave young man who battled and defeated it. The story goes that John Lampton, not Radical Jack, heir to the estate, decides to skip Sunday church in favour of fishing, choosing not to heed the warnings of an old man he meets on the way. John catches an eel-like creature, which the old man, having made an unexpected reappearance, says is the devil. John ignores this too, throws the fish worm into a well and heads off to the Crusades. During his absence, the worm creature gets bigger and, after poisoning the well water, makes a break for freedom. It then embarks on a campaign of terror and slaughter, eating sheep and small children. When full, the monster wraps its tail seven times round Penshaw Hill, where Penshaw Monument stands today. John comes home to find his father's lands devastated, the old man obliged to pacify the worm with daily deliveries of cow milk. Attempts to kill the worm have been unsuccessful, so it's up to the air to get rid of him and restore the area. Dressed in spiked armour, John prepares to defeat the monster. A witch has told him that when he has defeated the worm, he must kill the first living thing he sees. If he doesn't, the next nine generations of lanterns will be cursed and not die peacefully in bed. He lowers the worm down to the river, where its attempts to crush him in its coils fail. The spikes in John's armour slice it to pieces, and the bits fall into the river and wash away, meaning the worm can't reform itself. John blows his horn as a signal to his father to release a dog, who will be the first thing he sees and so sacrificed for the Lampton family. Sadly, Dad forgets this though and runs to his son first. Unable to kill his father, John still kills the dog, but in doing so curses his descendants. So, what is the monument for? 
Magnificent as the views are, and lovely as Pancho Monument is, it doesn't really serve a purpose and never really has. Although it was a venue for a very small music festival about 15 years ago. Attractive but useless structures are not uncommon, and their sole purpose is to look pretty. According to the Folly Fellowship, yes, that is a thing, a folly is a building that is attractive but not habitable. It should, however, look like it could be lived in, with a roof and the remains of doors and windows. If it doesn't, it's not strictly a folly. The website then goes on to define different types of folly we might come across. It would seem that Pensho Monument is a Belvedere folly, a building designed to be climbed to take in the view, sometimes in the form of a temple. Admittedly, you can't climb the monument itself, but a Belvedere is often on top of a steep hill, which Penshaw definitely is. There are all kinds of other follies, which feels like it could be a side project to investigate those. These include tortoiseries, which are either built in the shape of a tortoise or to house a family of them. There are also decorative cottages known as awns, Oddly shaped, with conical thatches, they are often built to look like rusted cottages and could be decorated by the ladies of an estate as playthings. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for our final two episodes of Season 2 and an update on the bonus episodes. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History Podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.